I'm Taylor Squellia, and this is Girl, It Is Time to Thrive. Today, I have Libby on the podcast, and she is the woman behind the diary of an honest mom, and I'm so excited to have her on. And I'm just going to let Libby introduce herself because I feel like I won't even be able to do it justice. So can you just tell us, like, what is Diary of an Honest Mom, how you started it, and what is your goal behind it? Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited. Um, So I started on TikTok in March of 2020. So coming up on the two-year anniversary of that, and I fell in love with the platform on TikTok because it felt so authentic. And I felt like people were just really talking about real stuff and it wasn't curated and and it wasn't like giving off this perfect image of motherhood or just womanhood or just life in general. Like people were talking about real stuff. And so I really fell in love with TikTok in general. And then in creating within like the first couple months of creating, I had a few viral videos and that was a little bit insane. I actually started off by calling myself diary of a weird mom. <laughs> Cause I'm like a little bit out there. And a lot of people don't know that it was like for the first eight months, I was diary of a weird mom. And then I realized, no, like I'm talking about other like real things like mental health and about being overstimulated and about um, motherhood and how hard that is. And so I changed my name to Diary of an Honest Mom because whether I'm making funny content or like heartfelt content, I feel like I'm always just being honest about life and motherhood. And even though I'm Diary of an Honest Mom, I I talk about a lot more than motherhood, right? Like mental health and generational trauma and just like how hard it is to adult. So yeah, I started on TikTok and then um, in September of that year, there was all these like rumors that TikTok was going to get shut down. And I was like, (laughs) I can't lose my people. So I created an Instagram account. um, And I started growing that in uh, like January of 2021. And here we are now, like, I think I have like 200,000 followers or something like that a year later, it just grew so fast. Um, And now we just like have this really cool community of like moms and non moms and women and people who just want to talk about like the real hard stuff of life and also laugh about it a little bit. So my hope is just to make people feel normal, just to make people feel like they're not alone. I spent so much of my life feeling like there's something wrong with me. I'm alone. I'm not like other people. I'm not like other moms. I'm not like other women. I'm different. And because of that, I felt very alone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's very cathartic to make content and to have other people say, oh, I don't feel so alone. I'm like, okay, same, like, like, same. (laughs) So that's my hope is just to let people know they're not alone and to encourage them in like this crazy roller coaster of life. I love that because I don't even know how I found you because I'm not a mom. I wasn't like searching motherhood stuff. And I think I saw one of your reels and it was just really funny. And you know how Instagram algorithm is like I must have liked it and just like carried on. And then the next day, it like showed me another one of your reels because I liked the one before. And then I probably I I'm not probably I'm going to be creepy. But then I was like looking at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this person is hilarious. But then there were really heartfelt ones. And like, you know, my family you know, I I love my family, but we have generational trauma in our family. And I saw one of your videos about that. And I was like, wow, like, it just like hit me like I I actually like teared up. And I was like, so I started following you. And then yeah, you just talked about like motherhood. And like, I see my I have friends that are new moms, and I absolutely love children. 
And I always have my fears of becoming a mom that I've kept very secret over the last few years. And you were just like talking about it. And one of the things I know that you know this, but for the listeners was becoming overstimulated. You know, I never could knew that was like what I go, what I struggle with. But like, even if like my boyfriend is listening to loud music, I'm like, I, I, I need you to turn it off. Like, I, I can't I can't focus. And if the dog is like barking at me and I'm like, like, I literally like I feel like OCD sometimes. And I would one of that was something if I become a mom, I'm like, what if I don't have the patience? Like, what if I snap? Like, what if I, you know, what if I'm a bad mom? And then you were talking about it and putting like the exact words of what I was thinking that I couldn't articulate. So what made like, I is that something like you clearly have struggled with and how has, um, you know, the feedback been? Like, are there a lot of women that struggle with this area? Is that why you continue to make the content for that? Yes. Like there are so many women. That was one of those things where, again, I, I felt very alone because it's not something people talk about. People don't talk about like when everything's noisy, that's when I yell at my kids the most because I just feel like I'm going to explode. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the moment I started talking about it, it was just like, hundreds like thousands of people like commenting like sending me dms saying like oh my goodness like you're the first person to talk about this i struggle with this too i thought it was a bad mom i thought it was a bad person i thought there was something wrong with me um and that's what i realized this is something we need to talk about a little bit more because it's something that from my experience the majority of women struggle with and i think it has a lot to do also with like we always have these running lists in our heads, right? Mom or not mom, you're always like, okay, we have to do this and then do this and then do this and do this. Like, you know, like pick up this on the way home from work and get gas and do those things. And so that is like this silent noise in our brain all Mm -hmm. the time, right? Makes sense. And so then as soon as like physical noises happen, it like interrupts our like mental noise. um, And that, that just like triggers us. And then you know, if you have depression or anxiety or ADHD or, you know, any uh, like childhood trauma, if you were yelled at a lot as a kid, there's so many different things that play into it that can make people more prone to being overstimulated. Because I do have friends who seem to like their houses can be chaos and they're just like drinking tea <laughs> and like having a conversation. And I'm, I feel like, you know, when you have those out of body experiences where you like are like looking down at yourself and you just feel like, I could explode like there's like fire coming out of my ears and like my person like my friend just wanted to have a conversation I'm like I can't focus like this house is so noisy Mm -hmm. um but you know I realized that not everyone struggles with it but there are a lot of women and the ones that do struggle need to talk about it because there's so much shame that we carry with it as well and that's the other part of it is that because we don't talk about it and there's that secrecy people feel ashamed and and then they feel like bad people yeah. Bad moms, bad women, you know, like there's something wrong with me. Why am I so irritable? Why don't other people get irritable like me? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, really talking about it can help sort of reduce that shame. And like, then we can also help ourselves as well and be proactive about it. You know, if you absolutely if someone wants to become a mom or if there is a mom who is like, I don't want to be like this anymore. There's things we can do. But if you don't talk about it, you're not going to find out what those things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's something like you said, no one, you're the first person I've ever heard talk about it. And I mean, I know there's obviously probably someone out there that's talked about it before, but you have a platform, obviously, like you've grown your TikTok, you have, um, you know, followers on Instagram, 
but you're using it to really talk about what people are ashamed of. And like you just said, shame, I feel like when you struggle with shame, like it's not just like it, it, it you keep it private, but it explodes in other areas. Like mm-hmm. if you're ashamed of, you know, how you spend money or how you mother or how you are in a relationship, you're basically like already like going to f- not fail, but not do well in that area because you're already you're you're battling something internally. So obviously externally, if you're struggling with shame, it's, you're going to explode in at least one different area. And I feel like a lot of moms struggle with being ashamed of something, you know, of their house, of their clothes, of their car, of their kid accidentally, you know, heard a word that they said and repeated it at school. Or, you know, I feel like women, not that men don't, but women hold on to that shame of the smallest thing and let it eat at them Mm -hmm. for a while. And, you know, I mean, you're a mom. Do you obviously you feel like that with overstimulation, but do you feel like women just in general pick up that like little pieces of shame that should be something that they could laugh off and then hold on to it and bring it into other areas. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think women in general were often guilt motivated and shame motivated as well. And so shame holds us back from so much, right? Even finding true connection and making authentic friendships and saying, hey, I struggle with this too, right? And so because we feel ashamed, we don't talk about things. Because we don't talk about things, we have a hard time making connections with other women. And because we have a hard time making connections with other women, we feel lonely. And it's like this like perpetuating cycle where because we're so ashamed of these different aspects of our lives, it affects absolutely everything. How has talking about it impacted your life? Um, 98% positively, Mm -hmm. right? Like I have those aspects of like, I don't feel so alone. Like I'm not crazy. I'm not a wacko. Like I'm not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, for a long time, felt really alone in like the way that I was and the things that I struggled with. And so that's really helped me. Um, and I've always had this deep sense of wanting to help other people. And so it's really impacted me and feeling like I am making a difference in the world. Um, and that, you know, when I get messages from people saying like, I'm reaching out to my doctor for help for the first time because of one of your videos, or I'm having a conversation with my husband about, you know, needing a break, you know, from the house for the first time because of your videos or, Um, I tried to be a little bit more patient with my kids and like, or I ordered, you know, loop headphones to block out, you know, sensory like noise input and it's helping me. Those are the things that like, I'm like this, this is why I'm doing this. And so it's impacted my life and that I feel like it's really given me a purpose to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the other part where I live in a small town and I'm like broadcasting my, uh, (laughs) all my hard things to the world. And I'm like, yeah, my neighbor probably saw that, but <laughs> that's just as par for the course, I guess. <laughs> How is your husband with all of this? Cause like, obviously, you know, you're being very open. And so that obviously impacts his life as well. Is he very supportive yeah. of you continuing to share the, the truths of the reality of the situation? Yeah. I mean, at first it was, it was hard for him. Like, and he's a very private person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once he started to see that it was making a difference, not only for other people, but it, 
fulfills me so much and that I'm so passionate about it. Like he's very much a supporter of me. So if it makes me happy and um, it fulfills me, then he's supportive of it. He doesn't show his face very much on my <laughs> accounts. Um, and so I've just, he's learning to get used to it and I'm learning to just only show what he wants me to show. And like, mm-hmm. we've sort of found a balance with that. And I'm, I'm a lot more private than a lot of other creators. I think on Instagram, I don't show my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't, like I don't show their faces. I don't share their names. Um, I only started sharing his name recently. Um, so that helps. Um, but it was a transition because we went from me not being a creator and never even hearing the word influencer to me having a large platforming and platform mm-hmm. and talking about like really hard things. So yeah, yeah. it's a journey. I I mean, I think I could probably guess why you don't show your kids faces, but can you share why you don't? share your kids faces um well my husband is a police officer first of all so he um engages with uh the difficult people Mm -hmm. (laughs) of our community who would be the most likely to maybe be unhappy about uh, an interaction they've had and so I I think a lot about their safety and um just keeping that safe and just keeping and honoring their privacy and you know I think about the ethics of it and you know when they grow up one day I I want to know that I've honored them and respected them and not um shared so much about their lives that they don't feel like they have privacy because it's not a life that they chose so just really trying to hold up those boundaries and and just keep them safe I think that's really admirable um obviously no shame to anyone who doesn't but I I really respect that because you know there's you know, there's a content creators who make their kids the star of the show at like four years old. So, you know, and I, this little sidetrack, like I work, I volunteer in like anti-human trafficking. So like that whole side of the, you know, I just, I know. Yeah, it it is. It's very real. And, you know, I think it's, it's a very personal decision. I obviously don't know where I'll be when I have kids, if I'll still be on like doing social media stuff, but I, feel as if like if I had to make a decision right now that I don't think I would be showing my kids on platform you know and I only have like 1400 followers so I can only imagine when you have hundreds of thousands of people who you know for the most part are being positive but still it's very public but there's it's still a public place right and like the people that aren't um the most noteworthy are not the ones that are commenting and making themselves known right like Mm -hmm. there's very dark places of the internet um and i yeah you just want to keep them safe and yeah no shame to anyone who does show their kids it was just a decision that we came to and it just makes me feel confident like going forward in their lives Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be something that I regret or or anything like that. It is hard though. Like when you have kids, they, you know, they're like the most important people in my life. Like they bring me the most joy and the most happiness and the most fulfillment. And I love them and I'm so proud of them. And I want to show their cute faces and I want to show them. So it is hard, but it's just something that we, we want to stick to. So how old are your kids, by the way? They're five and seven. Oh, that's a good age. Yeah. Yes. It's like a great (laughs) stage, actually. (laughs) And so going back to just kind of like, you know, stop me if it's too much, because I I know that you've been talking about grieving as a mother. You know, you've just gone through obviously something you've gone through loss in your family. And I saw, you know, you've been really posting about that. And 
grieving as a mom, but also with an audience, a platform of people watching you as well. You know, how has that been? You know, are you seeking counseling? Are you, you know, how are you taking care of you through like this stage, but also being a mom, I guess? Um, It's hard. (laughs) It was really hard in the first few weeks, like not only grieving my dad while trying to parenting, trying to parenting, trying to parent. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk apparently. Yeah. So that was hard. And just, you know, I'm very much an advocate for like letting your kids know that you're human and you have feelings, right? Like we talk about it openly and I talk about the fact that mommy is sad, you know, my dad died and we talk about that kind of stuff. But I also didn't want to show so much of it that it was negatively impacting them. So it's really just trying to find the balance with them. Um, And then in terms of my platform, you know, if you had have asked me before any of this happened, would you share your grief journey? I don't know that I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. But it became for me a part of being authentic and being honest. You know, my whole channel is built on being honest and authentic about the hard stuff. And grief is one of the biggest, hardest things that we go through. And also one of the things that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Like I already talk about things that no one talks about, but grief is one of those things that really no one talks about. And so it was very raw for me. Some of the moments where, you know, I in my stories, I'd share, you know, a clip of or like a screenshot of me crying or something like that. And just like talk about like some of the raw details that I was going through in that moment. And it was hard and I didn't know how people respond, but the number of people that that actually helped actually Mm -hmm. completely surprised me. Cause again, I felt very alone. I thought who else is in their thirties with two young kids and has their dad die. And is the sole executor and the sole person responsible for planning a funeral and all these things like this doesn't happen to people like I'm alone I felt so alone in it and hearing that other people were also walking through that like it goes both ways like I felt less alone they felt less alone right mm-hmm. so so that was good and in terms of taking care of myself therapy going to therapy trying to be active trying to just like put in those like healthy habits and things like that absolutely um self care taking time for myself not feeling guilty about it Mm-hmm. I've come up with the phrase, the big, the big sads. So, you know, if my husband comes home from work and uh, he's like, how are things going? If I say I have the big sads and he knows that's code for like, leave me alone and like, let me be in my bedroom and bring me a cup of tea or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, just a lot of communication with my family around it too, and not trying to to hide and shame. But, you know, it it has been hard balancing you know I am grieving but also people follow me for a lot of like motherhood and mental health content so just trying to figure out that balance while staying authentic and staying to my niche Mm -hmm. it's a constant battle I don't have a boss being like this is the right way to do it I'm just (laughs) like okay let's see if this works (laughs) so yeah it's been interesting yeah I was actually showing my mom your page and so my grandmother passed away like two days after holding my brother when he was born. So my mom had a brand new baby and her mom passed away and then she was in same thing charge of all of that stuff. And I was showing her, you know, your Instagram and I was like, I'm interviewing her for the podcast. And she was like, no one talked about this like 30 years ago. And she's like, you know, she's like, I never got to grieve my mom. I had a, I had a three-year-old, yeah. a five-year-old, and a new, like, a three-day-old. And so yeah. she was like, this is something that people do need to talk about. 
because when you're mm. responsible for like little beings you really you put yeah. yourself to the side and I think that's one of the things I admire about moms so much and you know fathers as well but there's something so special about being a mom and taking care of others and taking care of yourself and having a career or being a stay-at-home mom but you're I mean you're taking care of an entire household you know cleaning and cooking and you know and then there's moms who try to do it all and like obviously you're going to continue to create content tiktok is not going away anymore you know what do you want to do with tiktok like what do you are you just going to continue just to put out content do you want to niche down anymore or you know, like what where do you see it going like i i love so like i love learning about social media i think tiktok is fascinating i'm very late to tiktok i think i started tiktok like two weeks ago and i'm like this is addicting i see it now <laughs> i understand the it's, appeal yeah and there's so many yeah like, i would be i'm more comfortable posting some things on tiktok than i would be on instagram because you're right tiktok is a hundred percent you know just so authentic like people can just pull up their camera and videotape themselves talking about some funny thing that happened in their day that would be embarrassing and it can go viral and on Instagram it's not like pretty enough or perfect enough yeah aesthetic or curious yeah 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 it's it's a totally different platform with a totally different um algorithm Mm -hmm. and demographic it just works differently when you post a video Instagram says, okay, let's mostly show this to our followers and then like some other people. TikTok is like, we don't care. Let's show it to everyone. (laughs) And so like I have so many more followers on TikTok than Instagram, but like continuously, like I'll have videos that cap out at like 10,000 views and the exact same video on Instagram will be like 500,000 viral. Like, so it makes no sense. Um, So I almost use TikTok as like, an experiment Mm -hmm. now like I make a lot more TikToks than I do like Instagram posts so I almost like test like what's gonna do well where and I can do more authentic videos where I'm just like you know pull up my camera and talk about different things and uh, I post a yeah just a lot more raw authentic content on there and where do I see it going I have no idea um (laughs) I I would love to write a book my dream like even from like a young person my dream has always been to write a book and public speak. Mm. Um, but I never had any sort of roadmap there. Like I had no idea how people ended up doing those things. Um, and now that I'm a content creator, I do feel like, okay, like that might actually happen one day. So like, that would be a really big goal for me is to do that. But for now, I feel like just creating a lot of really relatable content and helpful content. I spent a lot of time shaming myself for not niching down because among a lot of the people in my age bracket, like the moms, the TikTok moms of 2020, um, the ones that did really, really well, like millions of followers, they picked one niche and they only made one style of videos only around one topic and they like blew up. And part of me was like, oh, well, I, you know, I should probably do that. But I decided that I'd rather have less followers and show a larger variety Mm -hmm. than niche down because I really want people to know that you can be funny and you can laugh about the hard things of life and you can make jokes but you can also take Mm -hmm. things really seriously and and learn and I feel like people also sometimes we learn better from people we feel like we can relate to right even when you think back to teachers in school anything like that if someone seems like they have their life perfectly together 
um, and they only ever show the good stuff, you're kind of like, well, how can I apply this to my life? You've got everything worked out. Whereas for me, I like to show the really relatable hard stuff to be like, I really messed up doing this, but also this is what I do to help. Mm. So, and if that means I don't grow, that means I don't grow, but that that's what I've decided I want to do. I like that. I think that's really important because I feel like you could start that way, but then social media, you know, it's addicting, you know, it's kind of the reality of our situation where people start seeing the follower number go up or the video views, you know, and they want to do what the people want because they want to keep having that, like those endorphins. So I think, you know, being able to just stick to what makes you happy and what makes you, you is really crucial. And I think in the end, I think that will play out in the long run because I I could see you writing a book and I could see you public speaking because you're fascinating. Like you're like interesting and you're funny and like you're raw. And I think that's what people want. I think at this in 2022, I think at this point, people are like, well, we've done the you know, the late 2000, uh, 2016 area where people were just totally fake on social media. Then it started yeah. becoming real fake. And then COVID happened. And then the world just like paused. And people were yeah. like, well, I'm struggling and I'm going to share my struggles. So I feel like at this point in time, social media is a mix of obviously like glamorizing your life, but it's also a it's finding that balance. I feel like people are starting to really like they want the raw and vulnerable. They want to know that they're not alone. Yeah. And I think that that's where you have yeah. a really power. I think that's a powerful niche in its own in its own self. Mm-hmm. People people just want real now. I feel like two years of the pandemic, like we're done pretending like we're done pretending we're OK. We're done pretending we have it all together. We're done pretending we want to work a corporate job nine to five for somebody else like we're done pretending that we have this set of values when actually this is our set of values and I mean obviously we've seen a big political divide and people's true colors come out but also the good part of that is like for me I've really found who I am you know being removed from my you know previous job and my previous social circles and all that like you really look inside yourself and say what do who am I what do I really want what do I really want to do Uh, with my life and what do I want to be remembered for and you know I decided that I wanted to be vulnerable and I always have been in my friendships but it seemed to be something that scared people away and yet as soon as you find your corner of the internet with people with like minds you're like oh yeah I'm actually not alone I'm not crazy and so the pandemic has been really cool I think and really drawing people together and exposing one another to like different ideas and and allowing people to be their like true authentic selves and reassess where they're at in life and, and what they want. Yeah. So I agree with that. Cool. Yeah. Totally. have seen that shift happen. People are, you know, they're just, they're sick and tired of lying to themselves. And I know for the pandemic, for me, obviously it wasn't like, you know, it was a pandemic, but the good that came out of it was that very similar to yours where it was like, wow, I I know what I want. And I know, you know, I'd rather have a smaller friend group than have people who aren't in my corner, like completely rooting me on or, you know, I am weird. And I'm going to just show my weirdness a little bit more, you know, like I am Mm -hmm. going to make a stupid Instagram reel, and I'm going to be slightly embarrassed about it. But I'm going to laugh at it too, which two years ago, no way, like, absolutely not. I would never have done that. 
So right. I think, yeah, I think those are some of the good things that have come out of the pandemic. But I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're really busy. But if you had some, you know, just advice for, you know, moms, you know, who just moms in general, like who are struggling, what would some of your advice be? My advice would be to remind yourself of who you are and that you were a human with needs and desires and goals and wants and values before you had kids and you're still that same person. And um, as much as we want to put our kids first, putting ourselves first is what is going to help us to be a better mom. You know, we've all heard the phrase, you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you just give and give and give to everybody else in your life, at some point you're going to burn out and it's going to cause resentment and, you know, and issues and, and stress and exhaustion. So even though it feels counterintuitive to put yourself first as a mom, that's the best thing you can do for your relationships, the best thing you can do for your kids. And it's the best thing you can do for your own well-being going forward because you matter just as much as your kids matter. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And you're doing a good job. Yes. <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really hope that, you know, because I know there's a lot of moms who do listen to my podcast and, um, you know, a lot of them are moms who have blogs or have online businesses. So I feel like you're just a brush, brush, a breath of fresh air. And I'm really appreciative because I know you're busy. You have two little kids. You run a, you know, you have two platforms that you manage. Do you manage them by yourself, by the way? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. It's a lot of work. <laughs> That's amazing because I can only imagine to like TikTok, Instagram. Are you on any other social platforms? Um, no, but I did um, start a blog three <laughs> months ago. Okay. So I'm trying to build that and my email list mm-hmm. and uh, put out a blog once a week, um, which, yeah, so being pulled in lots of different directions right now. Okay. But that's good. I enjoy well, it. Um, if you send me the link to your blog, I will share it in the show notes as well as your TikTok and Instagram handles. So, and everyone, if you're looking for a breath of fresh air, someone who is just very real and uh, vulnerable and raw, you can find your diary of an honest mom on both platforms. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I will link that in the show notes. So thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. Isn't Libby incredible? I mean, not only is she just a wonderful content creator, I mean, her stuff is funny and heartfelt, but she is courageous enough to talk about breaking the social norms, talking about raw and vulnerable things that every woman is going through, mom or not as a mom. And I think that is so incredible. And I think that's so brave. And I hope that it inspires you to feel courageous enough to use your platform, no matter how big or small it might be. We all have a platform. We are all in front of somebody. It does not matter if you have 40 followers or 400,000 followers. Your voice matters. And I hope that you feel inspired to use your voice, to break social norms, to be more vulnerable, talk about more of an honest conversation. You know, women for so many years, for generations, have felt that they have to quiet their shame, quiet their vulnerabilities, just kind of sit back. And we're in a generation, we're in a time of our lives where women's voices matter so much. 
And I think that's just incredible. So I hope that you feel inspired through this. I hope that you like this and subscribe to this podcast and follow Libby and follow for more conversations just like this. And as always, guys, be kind to someone, pat yourselves on the back and eat some good food. I said it backwards today, but it's okay. I'm going to repeat it. Be kind to someone and eat some good food and pat yourselves on the back because it is your time to thrive and that starts within. 